0: Hello and welcome back to Being You 365. My name is Sandra Troutman. I am your host. And when I say I am so happy to be back, I took a couple of weeks off to work on some things and now I'm back. And so I'm really happy. Thank you to everyone who's reached out to check in on me. I'm good. Trust me, I'm good. I was just taking care of some things and now I'm back. And so being back, I had a lot of time to think and I've been journaling And there were so many topics that I wanted to discuss. And so today I'm gonna focus on one that really interests me and had a personal um, impact in the recent weeks and we'll get into that. Uh, The conversation that we're gonna have today is really about who you are. And I wanna title this, there were so many titles I thought about for this particular episode, but let's just get into the discussion. So as many people probably have seen a new series on TV called Lovecraft. And in that TV show, there was a conversation that two women had. And the topic was really, who are you? You know, who are you undisturbed? When the world doesn't interrupt your flow, who are you? And that really got me thinking, being me, you know, who am I undisturbed? When I'm not giving in to the pressures of the job, pressures of the family or commitments of the family, commitments of training, who am I? Who am I really? When you are on the borderline of losing yourself, are there any indicators letting you know that you're about to go over? Have I ever lost the sense of me, my identity, in the midst of being a mom, being a wife, being a coworker, entrepreneur. And I can honestly say, yes, I've lost myself so many times. And in so many times that journey to reclaim my identity and find myself again, provided me the opportunity to look at how I got to that place. I remember at one point when I was so busy, so focused on training, that I neglected so many aspects of my life. And it wasn't until I've had, you know, these passionate conversations with your spouse or you looking at things that you've missed when you realize, you know, I was absent. And sometimes you need that check, but other times you want to make sure that there's people in your corner that support your passion, that support your dreams to the point where they can pull you back lovingly. And they can provide, you know, some critiques to help you find yourself again and still not think that you're sacrificing your passion in that pursuit of your goal. So who am I? Who are you undisturbed? Who am I if I didn't let the world stop me? Who am I? if I didn't listen to all those negative comments about the way that I look, the way that I sound. I remember growing up, and because I have dyslexia, um, writing has always been a challenge for me. Praise God for Grammarly. (laughs) But writing has always been a challenge, and reading has always been a challenge. And I remember in school being picked at because, you know, I would spell things incorrectly, you know, charge, charge my mind, not my heart. Because to me, it looked that I spelled it correctly, but clearly it was misspelled. And so I praised those teachers who pulled me aside and corrected me lovingly. Right. Because there are some teachers who will straight up try to make you the brunt of their joke in the class. But I had the good fortune of having teachers who lovingly pulled me aside and worked on my spelling with me. I remember being pulled into um, some remedial classes back in the day we called Title I, where kids like me who had learning disabilities or learning challenges would be supervised and helped by you know, a guidance counselor or someone who would look over our work, make sure we did our exercises. And I remember the day where I was given paper. It was like a red color film paper, transparent, but still there was a a reddish tint to the paper. And I remember that when I put that reddish tint to my book and the words stopped jumping around, I felt so empowered. Because up until that point, you know, reading, I was, you know, Trying to duck it every time I saw the teacher coming to me and it was my turn to read, I would raise my hand and go to the bathroom and excuse myself because I didn't want to be put in the situation where I would be stuck on one word because I couldn't figure it out. But when the teacher gave me that color film and i put that over the words and i was able to see the words and read the words i was so empowered it was like a second chance had been provided to me to really be myself not the not the laughing stock of the class but the smart girl that i knew that i was but i just couldn't show it because i kept stumbling over simple things even in math class simple e- equations right so i learned to identify those moments where I believed in myself and I was given tools to believe in myself. Just imagine if you believed in yourself the way that you know that you can. If you allow yourself to be who you are, not who others wanted you to be. If you had the chance to make yourself over, what would you change? And I thought about that. If I had a chance to do it over, I wouldn't change a thing because the learning disability is who I am. That's part of me. Being Sandra means that I have all of these things inside of me. Without one of those things, I couldn't really be my true self. You know, the sacrifice and the hard decisions that we make on a daily basis to choose to be ourselves are critical because the emotional attachments to those characteristics and identity traits form who you are. Recently, I saw um, an internet, I would say like documentary on a particular celebrity and I'm not gonna mention who she is, Um, But I just say she's a famous model. And in the documentary, you know, they talked about how this particular model had a TV show. And there was a contestant on the TV show who had a gap in her mouth. And the model basically ridiculed the contestant or the participant in the show to have her gap filled. And in that internet discussion... It talked about the emotional toll on that girl when she was told that her gap was ugly, that she needed to fill her gap in order to be accepted by society. And that really touched me because I remember growing up, I was always told that being a dark-skinned girl was not appealing. I remember being called Tar Baby. I remember all of these jokes being made about your complexion as if being dark was not okay. And and colorist and colorism still exists today in 2020. Let's keep it real. But as a dark-skinned girl, I've become very comfortable in my skin. I now believe that Skin complexion jokes, racism doesn't disturb me. It doesn't interrupt who I am anymore because through these years, I've developed a understanding of who I am through my experiences, through the people that love me, and an understanding that if anyone doesn't like you because of what you look like or some physical characteristics about you, that's their problem, not yours. And so those type of comments no longer disturb me. They will no longer interrupt me and who I choose to be. And that is critical. We all have to make that declaration, but also that uh, self-discovery, the journey of self-discovery to know what we will tolerate and what we won't tolerate. Could I still be the Sandra that I am today, If I never faced discrimination, if I never faced colorism, if I never had difficulties in my learning disability, if I was never brought up in a, you know, in a working class household, things have shaped who I am. And I needed to have all of those experiences in order for me to be who I am right now. I remember when I got saved back in 1999 um, I thought that being saved would you know change my whole life Um, I would no longer be the same as they say cast the old me and accept the new me one thing that I realize is that being saved does change your perspective Um, but There is still a sense of who I was. I needed to let go in order to be the person that I wanted to be in faith. And that was a conscious decision that I have to make on a daily basis because people will test you. The world will test you. And you have to remember, and I have to remind myself that I can't go around cussing people out like I used to. In my head, I probably do. But in the world, I keep my comments to myself. As a matter of discipline, and as a matter of commitment to myself, to my faith, and to my family. By accepting Jesus, As the Lord and Savior in my life, I knew that I had to make some conscious decisions of what I would and would not do. I would no longer let the world interrupt me being who I am based on the way that it treated me. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we have to make that conscious decision to block the world out of our lives so that we can continue to be who we need to be or to continue that journey. And sometimes the journey is difficult. I find myself sometimes giving into to the temptation of wanting to get at somebody, but then I have to remember it's not worth it because people's opinions are like toes. We all have them, right? And I don't need to address every opinion of me that there is. The way that we choose to respond to the world really represents to me is how comfortable we are with ourselves. Because life will have those events that will try to crack our armor. You have to make the decision that in your daily walk, how much of your vulnerability will you show in your response to all of those cracks? Talk very often about being you and being very comfortable in your skin. But being vulnerable is also part of that because you want to be vulnerable. You want to be able to be personable, right? Because if you're too hard, how do you form relationships with people? That doesn't make sense. So you have to have a level of vulnerability that is not taken for granted. I'll say that. And you have to be able to surrender to that. For me, I am 100% vulnerable when I'm in a relationship. 100% vulnerable because the transparency is, is needed. When I'm talking to my friends, when I'm talking to my significant other, you have to be vulnerable. The me today is different than the me yesterday because the me yesterday would look in my vulnerabilities or showing that as a weakness but now I find that as a strength. Me being vulnerable today looks a lot different than me being vulnerable yesterday. I'm smarter, I'm stronger and I'm more objective. Still emotional, still caring, but objective. Being vulnerable today is much stronger than before. Being vulnerable for me means that I allow myself to form relationships with people, but still have my guard. I wouldn't say up, but present. I've learned that not everyone needs access to all your information, especially in social media. I see people posting about their marriages and the issues in it and their kids, and and that's all good for them. But for me, those are private topics. You're not gonna see me post the good or the bad or the ugly on social media, because those are the things that I choose to grapple with in the background. And I think we've gotten so used to being inundated with information that people just feel insensitized and they're just putting everything out there. And that's not me. I truly believe that there needs to be an element of distance between your, your, your life life and your the book of faces life, as one of my friends says. You know, Facebook and Instagram doesn't need to know everything that you're going through. You know, even some of these influencers, you know, they're faking it. They're they're creating a false reality to pull you in, right? To get the likes, to to get their accounts up, to get their followers up as they sacrifice themselves, right? That's one thing I'm not willing to do. And it goes back to what are you willing to do to being you truly, publicly and privately? I'm unwilling to be unhappy to make others feel good about themselves. Nor will I try to defame someone publicly just to get my light count up. Being you should be the most important thing versus trying to have people like you. At the end of the day, if they like you, they like you. If they don't, there's nothing you can do to change that. And don't worry about what people think because they're already thinking it. Don't worry about what people are saying because they're already saying it. You have to be able to just to move on. Don't stay stuck on trying to pull people close. Or getting mad because your like count or your followers don't grow. What does it matter? People buy those all the time. You've got enough money. You could buy all the followers that you want. How is that going to change your life? Five to 5,000 to 50,000 to a million. How are those followers going to change your life? It shouldn't. That just creates more demand, right? The more followers, then you have to do more posting. Then you try to take it up a notch. You know, be yourself, regardless if you have one, five, a thousand, five thousand, five million followers. You have to be yourself. This journey of being liked is not worth it. The journey of a the journey of being you should be your ultimate goal of improving who you are. I've been a cyclist for the last five three or four years. And in year one, I remember cycling was, you know, just a pretty thing. I got a cute bike, put on cute clothes, take cute pictures, and, and that was the extent of my cycling life, right? It was all about being cute. Year three now, my goal for cycling is, is to improve, is to be a better cyclist. I'm reading articles, On cadence, I'm reading articles on how um, road bikes are built, group sets, you know, pedaling, the science of pedaling. I mean, I'm getting deeper into that sport and deeper into topics of that sport because my interests are bigger than just the aesthetics. Change my lifestyle. Um, I wouldn't say I'm vegan, but I'm primarily eating vegetables. You know, I'll just leave it as that, (laughs) just in case I slip up. Um, But yeah, so my attitude changes. The things that I do about the sport changes. My clothing changes. I invested in additional, um, more high-end clothing apparel. I offer that to my customers. I've done more research. I'm working with better vendors Um, to produce better apparel, better quality apparel. And so the whole science of cycling and the environment for that has changed for me because my desire to be better in that sport has changed. My desire in being a better athlete in general has changed. The people that you have around you impact the way that you see yourself. And so if you're hanging around people with low ambition, they are going to have a problem if you have ambition. If your desires and your interests change, so might your associations. And that's a a natural attrition come in and out of your life, they'll ebb and flow naturally. That's the natural algorithm of human interaction, right? Because your interests change, some of your associations may change. And that's what happened to me. My interests change, and I seem to have more cyclist friends than I did before. And that makes sense. Because now I'm exposing myself to that environment more than I did before. I'm taking stock in who I am or who I am evolving into more. And it's a journey. I haven't let the world interrupt who I am. I'm embracing who I am becoming, but still keeping guard on those things that I'm not letting in. You can't wake up fighting every morning and you can't fight every battle. So you have to pick your battles. Not everyone is going to support you in your transformation. Trust me, I know. And you have to make the decision is if that's fine, if that's okay for you. Are you going to continue on your journey of being who you are with or without their support? That's a decision we all have to make. I'm still making those decisions. It's still hard. I'm still evaluating where I want to be. And people are still showing me who they are. When I say 2020 has been interesting, people have shown themselves for real, for real. And I'm glad they have, because that puts the decision on me. Who do I continue to allow access to me, to my life and to my information. And you don't have to declare it on social media. I'm no longer friends with this person or I've distanced myself from that group. Just do it. No big announcements, no major declarations. Just do it. Right? We don't need a cheer squad for you to make that call. Just make the call. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. And then be good with it. Trying to meet everyone's expectation can be overwhelming. I remember at one point, I was so stretched that I was trying to respond to um, customers, trying to respond to ambassador questions, family commitments. I was literally stressing myself out. I was trying not to drop the ball in any of those areas. And I ended up stressing myself out so much that I was dropping the ball everywhere. I mean, I was late shipping stuff. I was forgetting stuff at home. I would get to the gym and realize I didn't have everything that I needed. It was just crazy. I had to take a step back. I had to remember to breathe, right? We get so caught up in trying to please everyone, to be everything, for everyone to be everywhere, that we forget to breathe. And I said for 2020, I would pace myself and just breathe. Your life will stretch you to no end, but you have to remember who you are when you're not interrupted, who you want to be independent of your challenges, independent of your associations. Who are you really? How do you maintain your identity? How do you maintain your self-worth independent of your title? independent of your label. You know, some people find that they become who they portray in public. But who are you really? And then we get back to that question, who are you uninterrupted? Can I recognize who you are without your makeup? Can I recognize who you are without your title? Can I recognize who you are without your associations? Can I recognize who you are without your Greek letters? Can I recognize who you are without your certifications? Who are you really? Does that matter to the person looking at you When people look at you, what do they see? When people look at me, what do they see? Do they see someone who struggles with self-esteem? Do they see someone who struggles with self-doubt? Some days they might, some days they don't, depending on what I portray. And some days I'm vulnerable where you will see that I'm having a bad day. And that's fine for me because I'm not superwoman. I have real issues that I'm going through. We all do. We all have real issues that we're going through. And we all have to be okay to say, you know what? Today just sucked. Today's just one of those days. I gave into the world. I wasn't truly who I wanted to be, who I aspire to be. I'll do better tomorrow. I'll make it happen tomorrow. I'll make better decisions tomorrow. Today was a wash. Or there was areas or times in the day that I messed up and I gave into to the temptation. You know, I did cuss that person out or did something I wasn't supposed to. Okay, Lord, my bad. I'll do better tomorrow. We got to be okay with doing those adjustments, right? Making that adjustment. I remember talking to my girlfriend and we talked about how being in a marriage, you know, you start off one way. You know, day one of marriage, you start off one way. And then every day through experiences, through arguments, through good times, you start to change a little bit, right? You start to transform a little bit. The, the the argument starts to shift you a little bit. The stresses of the world starts to shift you a little bit and you make an adjustment and you make an adjustment and by year five you're looking at yourself you're like who am I? Where was that woman from day one what happened to her right? And we have to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, wow, I'm not who I wanna be because of all of these experiences, but I haven't lost that journey of where I wanna be and who I wanna be, so I'm gonna get back on track. And so getting back on track should be something that we can see in the foreseeable future. And so what I would like for you to do is to think about where you are today. Where do you see yourself in the next five or 10 years? How do you get there? Every time you encounter a situation where you have to respond, ask yourself, am I letting the world disturb, interrupt who I am in this situation? And how do I do a corrective action to get back? on the journey of where I need to be, who I want to be. Thank you so much for listening to Being You 365. My name is Sandra Troutman, and have a great day. And remember, don't let the world disturb you or interrupt your journey of being the best version of you that you can be. Peace.